Football Podcast. What up, fantasy people? Live from Dirty Laundry Studios, this is the True North Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Trav, as always. You can find me on Twitter at TCL14. You can find the crew's work at truenorthffb.com and make sure you get in those videos at the TNFF Network on YouTube. Another week in the books. Got another couple awesome guests on here, and I'm not going to wait any longer to introduce them. These are the fellas from Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football. They are all about having a good time. You can find the pod's Twitter at Drinking Fantasy. And then to um, my screen left, or my screen right, I guess, is uh, Jake Trowbridge. You can find him on Twitter at Jake Trowbridge there. How you doing, Jake? It's a pleasure to have you on, my man. So good. Just so, so, so good to quote a great American songwriter by the name of Neil Diamond. I am so good. So good. How are you doing, man? I am great. I am great. It is uh, a Wednesday night. We're getting into the middle of the week. It's been a lot of happenings in the NFL, so I'm excited to talk to you guys about that. And then, of course, without further ado, we've got Jake's cohort over at Drinking and and talking fantasy football, we've got uh, Dustin Lund at FF Dusty Dog on Twitter. Dustin, how you doing, man? I am doing terrific. Thank you for having us on, Travis. Uh, expecting to have a lot of fun tonight. Yeah, it's going to be a good episode. We are uh, we're going to get into some trend spotting. So that's a a segment that we do on every episode. And this week, I decided to make it the meat and potatoes of the episode. Uh, sometimes we only do a couple of little a little trends to spot, but this week we're going to do that as the meat and potatoes. We're going to get into another regular segment called I Got Five on It with Monkey Knife Fight, where we enter into a DFS prop game. And then we're going to end with our fantasy MVPs. I always I was kind of liked that before I was podcasting, listening to um, episodes when they give their MVPs and their busts and whatnot. And so uh, for the sake of time, we're going to highlight the MVPs tonight, gentlemen. But uh, I think we got some good ones on tap. I'm going to humbly agree that at least my selection is going to be pretty quality. (laughs) (laughs) nice nice i think all of them are pretty good um one thing i want to get out of the way as uh i'm always about highlighting my guest jake um you and i had a matchup in the scott fishbowl this week and i must say you took the w uh congratulations on that win and your bid towards the scott fishbowl my team's not looking very good but how are how are you guys feeling about the scott fishbowl so far this year I I feel good in general. I appreciate you saying that. It was very interesting (laughs) timing about this, uh, having us on immediately in the aftermath of that. So I'm glad that it worked out the way that it did because I would have had my head down this entire time just waiting for you to bring it up otherwise. Uh, (laughs) No, I mean, you know, Scott Fishbowl, like any other league, I think, is just about attrition at this point. And if your guys Mm -hmm. are healthy and not suspended or on the COVID list, then uh, you're probably in an okay spot, which is how I am for now. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. Mm-hmm. And we are representing the Rock'em Sock'em division. Uh, Dusty, did you get in this year? I did. Yeah. First nice. year. So very excited about that uh, in the clue division, uh, which Ooh, is cool. actually what I wanted because one of the more underrated movies of all time, if I must say, and I know Jake agrees with me on this, uh, but yeah, uh, doing fairly well. Uh, only uh, suffered my first loss this last week. Nice. Uh, as Jake said, suffering from a little bit of attrition out there. Uh, but yeah. hopefully things will turn around and we'll get back on top. 
yeah, my team's in my team is in rough shape there. So I'm with you. I, I need a little bit of a turnaround. Um, that's a nice start for you, though, in there. That's beautiful. So you're going to take down that clue division. It might be uh, okay. uh, Colonel Mustard in the la- laboratory with the uh, candlestick or something like that, right? That's right. Dustin, I've always said that you're Colonel Mustard. That's so perfect. <laughs> I'm just going to refer to you as Colonel for the rest of the pod from now on. <laughs> oh, please do. <laughs> just out of, out of respect. <laughs> awesome, guys. So, yeah, before we get into trend spotting here, guys, I just want to uh, give a big shout out to one of our sponsors. That would be Expand the Box Score. Um, they are the essential database for all sorts of stat head goodness. Uh, we love to dig into stats over here at True North and uh, Expand the Box Score is one of the main places that we get most of our data from their NFL and college databases are second to none. Um, And just the people over there are great and the product is great and we can't thank them enough for partnering up with us and, uh, you know, latching on and helping us out with some stuff. They've, uh, they've graciously given us a couple of, uh, of subscriptions to give out as sponsorships for things like the Canadian national best ball championship league. Uh, So yeah, we're super thankful for our partners. And so if you want to do some digging, just like we do, you can go over to expandtheboxscore.com and use the promo code truenorth10 for 10% off of your purchase. Um, they've got basketball, they've got baseball, they got minor league baseball on there. Uh, it's really, really awesome. And, and the college stuff is kind of my bread and butter when I want to dig into some college data. So again, that's uh, expandtheboxscore.com and the promo code is truenorth10 to tell them that we sent you. All right, Jake, Dustin, we're getting into it. We're going to do a little bit of trend spotting. We are going to start with uh, a pretty big name running back who um, caught an unfortunate break ahead of him on the depth chart from another big name running back. And that would be Kareem Hunt. Obviously, that Nick Chubb injury was devastating for definitely a bunch of my rosters. Um, But I mean, Kareem Hunt's about to pay off for those people who took him in the top seven rounds. And so, Jake, I want you to start with um, what you think about Kareem Hunt and then tell me Kareem Hunt is a top blank running back moving forward. Yeah, I mean, coming into this season and even before this, the whole thing with Kareem Hunt was just we knew how extraordinarily talented he is uh, as a running back. And obviously you saw that on the Chiefs. Uh, and then once he landed where he did behind Chubb, it was just it's a waiting game at that point of, of does he get his shot there or do they trade him and he gets a shot somewhere else? So now we're going to get to see what we all hoped would eventually happen, not the way that we want it to happen, obviously, as you said, but he's so talented in that offense. And that offense was able to support two quality running backs for a long time. Mm-hmm. So in my eyes, Kareem Hunt is locked in as I'll put him top 10. I'm not going to be so bullish as to say, you know, he's like a top three guy now because there are still some warts on that offense that I'm a little concerned about. Um, we'll see just the overall volume, but yeah, he's a top 10 guy now because he's just got nothing. I'm not worried about no Dearness Johnson. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I'll admit I picked him up in a few leagues, and I think he could get a little bit of run. Um, but I don't know if he's going to be the Kareem Hunt to Kareem Hunt's Nick Chubb necessarily. Um, Dustin, what are you thinking about Kareem Hunt? Where do you think he he sits among your running back rankings for the rest of the season? Yeah, I am right there with Jake. I, w- I was going to put him right in that inside the top 10. Uh, at least for while Nick Chubb is out here. Uh, although maybe after that, you know, if he's cooking and and he's doing what Cream Hunt has been known to do in the past and what we've seen him do, uh, not that, you know, he'll supplant Nick Chubb. I think that's just ridiculous because Nick Chubb is such a great talent. 
but um but maybe it'll be even more of a split than what we were seeing here to start off the year uh i am extremely happy that uh, i held on to him in uh, one of my dynasty leagues all through the suspension and and everything that he had and it's really paying off now for that uh patience uh but yeah he is locked and loaded for just the volume right now and you know we've seen it before both on the ground and through the passing game i know that's really how he was being used most recently was through the passing game and, and getting the receptions, but we've seen him pound the rock before. And I, I have no doubts he's going to succeed there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. You said that there, because I got a little stat here that last year, Kareem hunt had 70% of his fantasy points out of the receiving game. And this year it's only at about 35%. So, um, and I think for me, a lot of that is the, the Kevin Stefanski effect. Obviously he ran that really good running game in, in Minnesota. And then he comes over to the Browns and we see just that, um, those guys were both humming and Kareem hunt with Nick Chubb was, I believe the running back 13. Uh, so I think for, for me, I'm putting him top five for the foreseeable future until Nick Chubb gets back. He's an easy top five for me. Um, but then when Nick Chubb gets back, I think top 10, you guys were bang on with that because Nick Chubb is going to command some workload. I think he's one of the best pure runners in the NFL. So I like what you said there that uh, definitely top 10 is, is the play. Um, but yeah, he's going to give some boom weeks in, in that running game in Cleveland there. Um, Nick Chubb's so good, man. I'm sad that he went down guys. I'm really it sad. Is. It's a very sad day. Like, yeah, this is not how we needed to find this out. Uh, it's it's sucks because like, yeah, if you have Kareem Hunt rostered, you are excited right now. But I hope that you are tempering those those uh, excitement bubbles just a little bit in in respect for for uh, Nick Chubb. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. All right, so we're going to move on to another Ohio running back. Actually, gentlemen, I, uh, I've been catching up on some of your guys' pods. What are you drinking tonight? I'm rocking a Kentucky Coffee Barrel Cream Ale. You know, it's it's so late over here in our section of the States that I need <laughs> a little pep in my beer to keep me up here. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. I mean, in the theme of drinking and talking fantasy football, I figured I, I'd ask because uh, you guys do that on your show. It's awesome. I myself am going with quality H2O. I don't actually drink, but uh, my wife will tell you that when I used to drink, I was, um, to put it lightly, very good at it. <laughs> um, and if she's watching, I love you, sweetie. Um <laughs> <laughs> oh man so yeah we're gonna move to that <laughs> we're gonna move to that other ohio running back we're gonna talk about joe mixon and in the notes guys i put for the title joe mixon is alive we uh we saw some big plays from him last week we saw some receiving work from joe mixon last week which was fantastic so dustin why don't you go in, into a little it a little bit do you think this is something that we can see as a trend for joe mixon because obviously in fantasy we want to find these trends and spot them and be able to um take advantage of them so is joe mixon and some of that receiving work going to be a trend going forward or do you think it falls off like we've seen in the past oh i would like to believe this is going to be a trend moving forward but i just can't get on board with that uh Jake and I are both uh, known to be not Joe Mixon truthers on our podcast. Uh, it was, I mean, it was great to see uh, uh, we had both basically written him off after uh, or before this uh, big outburst. He had this last week here. I just, there's going to be a lot of growing pains with this offense here. And I just, 
don't know if he's going to get that receiving workload to make him viable. Uh, the offensive line there still hasn't quite come together. I know they have a lot of young talent on that offensive line, and they have invested it through the draft the last couple of years on it with some very earlier, you know, first round picks. But I just, I, I don't know. It, it, I just don't see it continuing for the rest of this season. Uh, unfortunately, he's going to get the volume uh, definitely on the ground, but the receiving work, I just don't know if that's going to, going to continue. I feel like it was more of an anomaly than, than the truth of what's going to be uh, happening here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, that was only his fifth game with more than five targets. And uh, those six receptions was the first time he's had more than five receptions since week 12 of 2018. So Jake, what are you thinking? It sounds like you guys aren't on the Joe Mixon train. I will be honest. I am a self-proclaimed truther for Joe Mixon, um, but I'm always open to hearing other perspectives. So let me know what you think, Jake. Well, now I don't want to do this to you. Um, (laughs) No, no, I I do. You know, and part of this is just some bias, I'm sure, that's lingering from coming into this this season here. But, yeah, I think my worry is still predominantly just with the offense as a whole. Not It's never been about Joe Mixon or Joe Mixon's talent for me. He's a super talented dude. It's just that situation – it sucks. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, hopefully that this is the start of a writing of that ship – And I think a lot of the concerns that we had was like that offensive quarterback. So if Joe Burrow can get into a rhythm, I think that's going to help out a lot. Um, Now, I will say that the Jags are not exactly the creme de la creme of run defenses. And so I think a lot of this did have to do with the competition. I believe they were allowing the ninth most targets to running back. So I think that also fed into that target share that he saw out of the backfield. I, I think this is a positive sign of life, as you so aptly put it, as that header there. <laughs> and I think this at least gives you enough of that jolt if you have him rostered to go, okay, here's what I signed up for. Here's what he can do, at least, because I didn't think flat out that he would have a game like that all season. So the fact that he did, I, I think that's a great sign. Um, it bumps him up a little bit for me going forward, but I'm cautiously optimistic. Totally. So I yeah, go it, ahead. Would this be a good opportunity to sell Mixon high? If if you're not a believer or or feel like this is an anomaly, uh, him coming off this big game, you know, do you take this opportunity or or do you wait another week to to really get that value up, or do you just let it ride? That depends. Like I think it depends what side of that fence you are on, right? Like mix and truthers are freaking mix and truthers, man, right? So like I really want to hold on and hold out hope that I can and do that. Um, it's I still have a hard time seeing other owners fully coming over as well, unless they're in the same camp as I am. But I could definitely see selling high. Like if he's your one big piece on the team and you need a rebuild, sure you like to rebuild around young running backs, but I mean he's not getting any younger and uh the situation you can paint that picture that somebody's going to be getting that top five future running back with Joe Burrow in the fold. And hopefully this offensive line starts to come a little bit together. Um, just like Jake was saying there. So yeah, I could see, I could see both sides of the coin, to be honest, it really is, is a little bit roster dependent and maybe Joe Mixon feelings dependent. Um, but I would probably be holding and trying to write, ride it out a little bit. Cause I do think there is better days in future seasons for us dynasty players. Mm-hmm. I do just want to point out that he gets stiff competition for the next three weeks. Stiffish. I, I shouldn't say it's going to be outrageous, but like he gets the Ravens. They're good mm-hmm. against the run. The Colts yeah. are surprisingly good against the run this year, mm-hmm. at least to start. Um, I, so with all that said, like I, of course, yes, I would, 
I would trade him away because I have <laughs> never been fully on board. But it's like you said, like if you, if you believe in him, you believe in him. And if you don't, you probably don't have him to trade away at this point. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's good too. Like it's a, that's a good thing to note because those two games can help you maybe decide whether you're going to sell him or not. Um, obviously he might have a little bit lesser games, but I think, you know, his kind of status among fantasy running backs with the war of attrition that's going on right now. Um, I think there could be some vo- volume there. And if he shows out in those games and that tells you that maybe you do want to hold, um, if not, maybe you want to sell at 80 cents on the dollar or something like that to get a, a nice package. Um, but yeah, I, uh, that's interesting because that, yeah, like I said, the people are very pro or con Joe Mixon. I don't see a whole ton of in between, um, but I think he's a great player and I think he can, uh, he can potentially get it done. So we'll find out the next one is kind of one that I put in here to tickle your guys' heartstrings. Uh, You guys are from Wisconsin, which I might add does have, in my opinion, some similarities to Canada which uh, is very, very endearing. Um, I've uh, I've met some people from Wisconsin where I can hear that accent. Um, and you guys definitely deal with some uh, inclement weather, let's just say, in the winter. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, like another extension of Canada. So it's awesome. Um, and with we that, point. <laughs> what's that? I said we wish at this point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, we, we, we might not go too deep into that, but trust me, if uh, if we could take you, we'd have you guys. We'd have you big time. Um, <laughs> so this is uh, the Monday Night Darling in Green Bay. Uh, Robert Tunyon, I, I affectionately call him Bobby Tuns, and he proved that nickname apt this week because he gave us tons of fantasy points in week four. Um, so I'm sure you guys are big fans and you liked what you guys saw. Um, there's definitely a lot of opportunity in Green Bay with or without Devontae Adams, really. So um, for you guys being so close to the team, uh, Dustin, let's let's let you kick it off here. Is Robert Tanyan going to build that consistency? Um, or do you think maybe when, when Adams comes back, that tails off a little bit? I hope it continues. Um, I will admit, I did not expect much out of uh, Big Bob here. I he, We never saw any, I shouldn't say any, we didn't see much usage out of him over the last couple of seasons. But as as we know, and we, we talk about a lot, it takes a few years for tight ends to really come into their own into the league. And this is his year three. So, so he's right on schedule to take a step. But I, I think that, you know, what what we were thinking here, the you know, Packers have invested fairly high draft capital the last two off seasons into rookie tight ends. Uh, so I went into this season, not thinking that that big Bob was going to do much of anything. He was always involved, but like I said, didn't really flash, didn't really do a whole lot. Uh, it's really nice to see. Uh, it's been two weeks in a row now that, that he's scored touchdowns, uh, been much more involved in, in the passing game. Obviously, that coincides with Adams, you know, being dinged up, you know, and out this last week. I hope it continues. I, I hope that Rodgers now is you know, trusting Tanya in more and they're maybe they're game planning it more for him now with Lafleur. Uh, yeah, I just hope it continues because it's great to see the Packers have a, a viable tight end for a change. It's been way too long since we've had that. <laughs> 
Mm -hmm. We've been starved for some Packers uh, tight end production. And uh, I think that's it's really cool because in the past, Aaron Rodgers has had um, maybe depleted weapons. And this year on paper, it's not like it's like an out of this world crew. Um, but is he ever making the most of it? The usage of Aaron Jones, um, even with no wide receivers, Lazard and Adams out this past week, he just lit it up. Jake, do you think that uh, Bobby Tunz is going to be a go to target for Aaron Rodgers going forward? I do. I mean, I think everything that we've seen really does lead to that. And when Devontae comes back, I'm not really worried about it. I think the actual biggest reason he was such a beneficiary this last week wasn't because Adams was out, but because Lazard was out. And we know that he's going to be out for, you know, an unspecified amount of time for right now, but it, it's going to be at least a few games where he is going to take over that middle of the field more. Um, and and Rodgers has been throwing more towards the middle of the field than he has in previous years. He hasn't been attacking the sidelines quite as much. I think that is, like Dustin said, more a product of the, the Lafleur offense coming in um, and utilizing that just a little bit more. So I, I think the uh, the numbers are pointing up, maybe not up from this last game, but up as a <laughs> whole for uh, for Bob there. Dustin, you want to call that shot you called uh, before the show there? The four tutter? <laughs> oh, here's hoping. Man. Yeah. Yeah. He's heating up. He's had one, three. Next week's going to be four touchdowns. He'll he'll be on fire and then he'll be a must start every single week. Nice. Top yeah. Our, our listeners heard it here first. Four touchdown game incoming for Robert Tanyan. Uh, I'm with you guys. I'm in on him. I mean, tight end, we know what the position looks like. It's really hard to find these guys to latch on to and start every single week. Um, so I'm definitely in. That opportunity is going to be there for him. And uh, he's a really nice piece. And um, the one disappointment that I do have is that we don't get to routinely start saying Sternberger with cheese because Tanyan kind of took that role. Um, I Sternberger on the name alone was somebody who I rooted for. Um, and a decent player as well. So um, that might be my one little disappointment with the Robert Tanyan breakout. Um, and I think we're going to be able to see his medal coming up here because um, Jake, you were mentioning the schedule earlier and the schedule for Tanyan, they have Tampa or after the bye, of course, they've got Tampa, Houston, Minnesota, and San Francisco. And the fantasy points allowed to tight ends for all those teams are 6.7, 8.1, 6.7, and 3.1 for the Niners per game. Um, but it's cool because the Green Bay offense is one that can kind of transcend that because Aaron Rodgers is just a maniac on the field and when he's having a good time that means the Packers are usually getting W so I'm super excited to see him kind of as we move through this middle stage of the season and um, just hoping the Packers can can maintain health and keep it rolling I like it when they're when they're playing well yeah I have to say I am surprised at how well the Packers offense has come out to start the season uh, we always knew that the talent was there with Rodgers, Adams, Aaron Jones. I, I like they have all the pieces, but last year it was was such uh, uh, stops and starts for that offense. Like we'd see it flash, then it would fall flat. They couldn't consistently keep the game together. Uh, so I'm really happy to see that their offense is really clicking, uh, not just for personal reasons, but for fantasy uh, uh, reasons as well. And I do want to just publicly apologize right now. I'll take the uh, lump with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he was one of my uh, busts for this season. I didn't think he was going to perform up the ADP and he is so far proving me wrong. 
obviously he listens to our podcast and has that chip on his shoulder because of it. So Aaron, I'm sorry about that. Uh, I, I should have never doubted you. He feeds <laughs> off of your doubt, Dustin. He feeds off. Of <laughs> yes. That is something that he definitely does. I love him in the media when he gets on an interview, like it's always some sort of gold and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's fun to see him. He had a really good one with Pat McAfee recently, I believe uh, that mm-hmm. was a quality interview. I would, uh, I would encourage anybody to go check that out. And since you mentioned it, Dustin, that Aaron Rodgers listens to your guys's pod. Anybody that's listening to this should also go and check out the drinking and talking fantasy football podcast with Jake and Dustin. It's uh, quality stuff. I've been catching up on some episodes this week and it's really good. Like it's, it's you guys make us feel at home and uh, just like chilling and having a beer with the buddies. So uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great show you guys got over there. Thanks, um, Trav. You're too hey, nice. No problem, fellas. Us Canadians are um, super complimentary, you will find, but um, it is 100% sincere. I will definitely say that. Um, <laughs> as a people, as a whole. <laughs> uh, right on. So this is uh, the fourth and last trend spotting we're going to do, and we're moving into, uh, we're sticking in your division. I hope it's not too hard to talk about this team, gentlemen, but that would be the Minnesota Vikings and their two current current top 24 wide receivers in Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. As I said, they both sit inside the top 24 and over the past two weeks, they're both top 10 in the NFL. Um, this is a low, low volume passing offense though, Jake. Uh, why don't you tell me if you think they can keep this up or maybe this is a little bit of product of um, just hitting the right defenses that they played. What do you think's attributed to this success and what do you think uh, they're going to do moving forward? Yeah, you know, it's funny. We actually just had Zach read on our podcast for our last episode, and and he brought up Justin Jefferson because he was so high on him coming into this, this season here. And me and Dustin have both been more of the fade rookie wide receivers, especially this year, just because all the uncertainty with the offseason and, and will they gel with the offense and, and all this and how long will it take? And it took two weeks, basically, for Justin Jefferson to start lighting people up. Um, and... You know, it's it's not as if he's doing it with a ton of volume, and that was my concern about this entire offense. I was concerned about the passing volume. They are a run-heavy team. They've shown to be a run-heavy team, but it, they've also shown it doesn't matter, you know, for the mm-hmm. wide receivers. They're still they're getting theirs. It certainly helps that they're the only two receivers in town there, and, and they're going to get everything. The tight ends aren't really that involved. So Justin Jefferson, too, you know, number one ranked wide receiver from PFF. That's not just rookies, Mm -hmm. all receivers. That's wild. That's incredible. He's got that AJ Brown type of thing where the talent is going to win out over volume, apparently. And Mm -hmm. I'm here for it. And Thielen, we know who Thielen is. We know that he is good for those targets uh, and he absorbs them. And, And I don't see how he doesn't continue to do that. And at least as, you know, a wide receiver too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to admit that I was sleeping on Adam Thielen as we came into the season, just on the age, the injuries and the low passing volume, but he has lit it up. And I love what you said about Justin Jefferson's volume and the, and the comparison to AJ Brown, uh, because AJ Brown obviously had a massive yards after catch season last year. Um, if you look at Justin Jefferson, he's outside the top 25 in targets, receptions, touchdowns, air yards. 
but he is top 10 in yards after the catch. So he's been doing a lot of it himself. So it's been really good to see. And then Adam Thielen's just the guy that we saw a few years ago, except they've used him a little bit differently with a little bit deeper targets. So the usage has been interesting. Dustin, what are you thinking about this? Did you, did you buy into these guys very much coming into the season? And are they, you know, someone you would rely on as top 24 options going forward? Uh, Adam Thielen for sure. I was yeah. really high on him uh, coming into this season, uh, especially with Diggs leaving. He was really, you know, before Jefferson broke out, you know, he really was the only option in town. Uh, and and last year with the injury, that was really the first season that he's had any sort of injury. Prior to that, he's been relatively healthy. So I saw that as more of a fluky thing uh, for the season rather than a trend like, you know, he's becoming injury prone or any such thing like that. And then as far as the age, that didn't bother me. I mean, yeah, he's getting up there uh, according to what, you know, most of uh, Twitter seems to think here. But really, I mean, he he doesn't play that physical style of, of play where, where, you know, he, he, he's a technician and, and runs the routes and finds the openings. Uh, he doesn't take the big hits too often, uh, which I think will prolong his, his usage in the NFL. Uh, so I was really high on Thielen coming in. I expected him to finish in the top 12, uh, prior to the season starting. And now with Justin Jefferson there, uh, taking away some of that coverage maybe that that Thielen would have been getting uh had he not been there uh that only helps Thielen in the end uh and it helps Justin Jefferson too because then they have two major weapons that they have to defenses have to focus on on top of the running game with Delvin Cook there I mean we can't forget about him uh so I see no reason why they both can't be top 24 wide receivers for the rest of the season here Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you said it off the hop there, Adam Thielen, 100%. He's probably a locked in top 12 option. And I definitely think that Justin Jefferson could be that top 24. Um, Thielen is, uh, he's just old trusty, right? He's that guy that Kirk Cousins just feels like he can go to. Like I said, the usage is really different. His average depth of target right now is 16 yards. Um, and previously in his career, he'd never hit 12 yards. So um, I think that just adds to his ceiling. And then we know he's going to get some of those red zone touches as well. Um, so yeah, Thielen's kind of got wheels up for me and I'm kind of sorry that I slept on him, but I, I like to see him doing well after that big injury. And uh, you mentioned the age, Adam Thielen's the same age as I am. So um, I can't hate on that. I don't think I would be able to go out and uh, play on an NFL football field by any means. Cause uh, I think you could, I don't think you're giving yourself enough <laughs> credit. Here, Trav. I think you could step out there tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. NFL teams and coaches, if you're listening, get him on your rosters, practice squad, at least Trav. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I am. Uh, I am some kind of athletic specimen. I'm not sure what kind, but I, I am one <laughs> <laughs> and practice squad would probably be about as good as I can go there because I don't have the energy for uh for all that running <laughs> like i said before the show guys three kids three kids i do enough of that at home there's uh yeah the the dad belly is coming in strong <laughs> i always say practice squad is the place to be especially this year with covid where you know they're trying to limit the uh, contact between people i'll i'll be a hitting dummy for uh couple hundred here i mean that's yeah, easy it might actually be a little bit scary this year because with all the injuries there might be a chance that you actually get called up and have to do something uh, this is true <laughs> so for somebody like myself that might be a little bit scary um but yeah no i'll leave that to the athletes i'd rather sit on my couch and watch um and just enjoy it and be able to play fantasy football and and whatnot so um okay 
Okay, so that does it for trend spotting. Uh, I appreciate the insights on that, gentlemen. I'm always looking to get that edge and get maybe a little bit ahead of the curve and and see into the future. Let's just say so. Um, let's call you guys the the Nostradamuses on the podcast, helping me see that. <laughs> or did you bring a crystal ball or something? I don't know. There's some sort of reference there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always bring at least one crystal ball. Perfect. Perfect. Um, okay, so I'm going to share my screen, guys, and we're going to get into uh, our regular segment called I Got Five on it with Monkey Knife Fight. Um, in case you guys don't know, Monkey Knife Fight is, uh, in my opinion, the best DFS player prop site out there. Uh, it's a lot of fun for for people of all skill levels. You can you can be just kind of a casual fantasy player um, and just look at some of these things and still have kind of a shot at understanding what you're doing. Uh, whereas some of the other forms of DFS, um, for me, like I'm already setting a ton of lineups. Um, there is a lot of digging to be done to be able to make sure you hit with all the people who are so deep into DFS. Um, so this is a little bit more my speed where I can just kind of hop in and toss a little bit of cash down and and uh, play with the family if I wanted to, whatever, whatever I may choose. Um, so guys, I got five on it. Real quick, I ask all my guests, that song, I got five on it. Who sings it? Oh, oh it's... Um... Oh, I was just, I, I swear, I, I was listening to it today. Justin, this is your, this is your field, man. I know. Uh, oh, I should know this, but it's totally escaping me. <laughs> I it got nothing. Yeah, uh, it is loonies. Loonies. <sighs> but, uh, they, they didn't have much other than I got five on it, but I always just kind of like to ask the guests just in case. I hate uh, myself. I'm going to leave now, so actually. That's okay. if that's cool. no, I've ashamed totally. me no. and my family. So. absolutely not it's okay no nobody has got it yet on one of the episodes so um and it's just kind of i'm, I'm a big hip-hop head i like the the old 90s stuff big time so i always like to drop that one in there um but we are going to move into a game of more or less guys um so this game is you get the players you um you see their lines there and then you select whether you think they'll get more or less. So like I said, it's pretty versatile for people of all skill levels. And uh, the three of us are going to get into it and dive in. So we always do the Thursday nighter. Last week was the Broncos and the Jets. Unfortunately, our pick didn't get the W with the fantasy astronauts, but uh, we gave it the old college try. And this week we're going into this Thursday nighter, which um, at face value is a better matchup. But luckily that other one turned into a good matchup. So hopefully we get that here in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Chicago Bears. So for you guys, there's a little bit of vested interest here because of the Bears being in division with the Packers. We're going to add another layer of interest into this matchup by tossing five on it with Monkey Knife Fight and seeing if we can uh, make some bank. So this one, we have to get all three right, and we will multiply our buy-in by five. There's all sorts of buy-ins here, guys. You can go up to like 35 times the buy-in. So there's a lot of potential to maximize profit. Another reason why we love Monkey Knife Fight. So let's uh, let's dive into this first one here. Uh, you guys can see that screen good, yeah? Absolutely. All yeah. right. So we got uh, Tim Brady. <laughs> no, Tom Brady uh, from uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. His first season, it's been a little bit rocky, a little bit up and down. But this week he goes into uh, Chicago to play against the Bears. 
that line there is 265 and a half passing yards. Uh, the Bears defense is pretty good. Um, Tom Brady, obviously a good quarterback, but uh, if you haven't seen, they have almost zero wide receivers that they're trotting out. Um, there, it looks like Mike Evans is going to go, but he's probably going to be a little bit banged up. And then Scotty Miller was a little banged up as well, but he looks like he's going to be the second option. And I think my boy Tyler Johnson might end up getting some play time. So I hope that he does. Um, Jake, what are you thinking for this line? What do you think about this matchup against the bears for Tom Brady? So with the matchup itself, and like you just talked about with the lack of weapons, that's going to be available to him. That's my biggest concern. He's only thrown four above this line. So it's been a 50-50 split so far for Tom this year uh, without the majority of his options. And I do think that you're onto something with Evans. He'll trot out there, but I think he's going to be half-masked at best there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think there was something about Fournette potentially still being out as well. I, or I don't know if we've heard officially if he's back in or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if Ronald Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn are leading that backfield too, um, I'm a little nervous about the pass catchers there. So that takes away a little bit yardage for me. I would be nervous and I would probably go under. And how about you, Dustin? Yeah, I'm with the under as well. Right now, the bears are, uh, only given up 241 yards per game on average to passers. Uh, and, and with the depleted, you know, receiving core that, that, Tampa Bay is going to trot out there this week. I just don't see that happening. So I'm with the, I'm with the under as well. Yeah. I'm 100% with you guys. I think this could be one of those kind of ugly, like 13, seven finishes or something like that. Um, I like what you said there about the Chicago defense. They haven't given up a 300 yard passer. And in the past three weeks, after that 288 from Stafford, they've only averaged 211 yards passing. Um, and also as far as fantasy points are concerned, they've allowed the second fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. So uh, the Bears defense is really tough on the quarterback. And I think they're going to continue with, uh, especially with that pass rush and Khalil Mack. So now we're going to move over to um, Tom Brady's counterpart as uh, Eagles fan. I lovingly call this man BDN. Big Dick Nick is getting another shot. Um, He started last week. He got the L with the Bears. So unfortunately, his record is worse than Mitch Trubisky's this year. Uh, But I don't think that's an indictment on their play. (laughs) Uh, We see that line for for BDN at 248 and a half passing yards, um, right around a 250 burger. It's a tricky little line. So Dustin, why don't you why don't you start and let us know what you think about that one? Oh, yeah, this is a really good line. Um, but I think I am going to go with the over. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think the offense is going to get some juice here, here with, uh, big Nick in there. Uh, I I don't know. It's just a gut feeling, I guess. I I don't really have a a good reason for it, but I do think he's going to pass for more than that. Nice. And Jake, how about you? This is this is impossible. This is an impossible decision for me. I'm sitting here looking at at this, and I'm thinking about Nick Foles' track record just in general uh, as a passer, and it's so. I love Nick Foles. I love Nick Foles, but I'm nervous about any time that you really have to bank on him throwing for Buku yards. Not that this is like an exorbitant line or anything. Um, and I just looked at last week it was right at 249 and that just bums me out um i would be inclined just because of what i perceive to be a low scoring thursday night matchup based on tampa bay's offense as much as anything else 
I would lean towards the under, but I would not feel super confident about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm struck. This is probably the toughest. Well, the, the next two are pretty tough because they're pretty intertwined. Um, and I mean, Tampa's defense, they had the Panthers throw for 340 against them. The Saints were held under 200. Um, so it's it's a really tricky one to peg. We know that the strength of that defense is obviously their run defense, not necessarily their pass defense, but they've also done pretty well against fantasy quarterbacks. So uh, I think to break the tie, I'm going to go with the less option. Um, and to be completely honest, the main reason is because in a lot of my buy-ins and entries on Monkey Knife Fight, going confidently with the more on these tricky ones has kind of bit me in the ass. So I'm um, just going to try and play a little bit, uh, a little bit of variance this week. And hopefully, hopefully just that helps a little bit because I need to, uh, I need to up that bankroll a little bit. Uh, um <laughs> So now the next one, as I said, intertwined with Nick Foles. Um, Dustin, I think you thought different than us on the uh, on the passing yards line. Uh, this one for Allen Robinson at 78 and a half receiving yards um, seems maybe a little bit high for where Jake and I are thinking at, with the uh, with the less option. So what do you think, Dustin? Do you think he hits that 78 and a half after, after having a couple of really big weeks the last two? I do. Yeah. Uh, as you said, he's had a couple of big weeks, over a hundred yards the last two weeks, uh, double digit targets. Uh, obviously the touchdown really helps, uh, but you know, that doesn't matter here. Uh, but I'm definitely going with the more uh, he's, he's getting a comfort level there in that offense and with Nick Foles now. And I just see that continuing. He's got the talent. He's just never had a good quarterback to throw to him. And Nick might be that better quarterback for him at this point. Yeah, I completely agree there. I think Foles is a good distributor, um, and that's kind of what he was brought there to do. He's not there to put the team on his back with that good defense. He's there to distribute the ball, um, mainly to Allen Robinson, obviously. Uh, Jake, where are you sitting on this? Because the, the I was with you on the less option, but I'm not necessarily sure that going less on Nick Foles means that we have to go there with Allen Robinson. So where are you sitting on that? I was just about to say, you know, this is this is odd because in a lot of these types of situations, I would just like keep it consistent. But knowing what Allen Robinson means to that offense um, and just seeing what his general production has been this year, aside from one, I think, is an outlier week in week two where he really, you know, kind of crapped the bed on on everybody. Uh, I really don't see a reason why he can't produce that. And for what it's worth, Tampa Bay, they're not as good against wide receivers as they are as a pass offense in general, you know, mm-hmm. so that they do tend to allow a little bit more funneling out to the wide receivers. I would hit the over for Allen Robinson. Mm-hmm. I am going to make it unanimous. And as you can see there on the banner, our uh, fellow true Norther Brian at the FF aviator agrees with us on these less, less more. Um, and uh, he's got it there in the comments as well that the target market share We'll get Allen Robinson there. And I think that's just it. Tariq Cohen's down. Um, Anthony Miller's been a little bit spotty. Uh, They have about 17 tight ends that you can never peg from week to week. So I think Allen Robinson is going to be the target funnel there. And that's why I am rolling with that option with you guys. So we're just going to roll down. The segment's called I Got Five on it. Um, I've mentioned before, I'm uh, I'm not swimming in greenbacks or anything like that. So just for these segments, I'll toss a five on it and then see what we can't do submitting that all right gentlemen so hopefully hopefully you guys can be the inaugural w for i got five on it because we haven't got one just yet we've been very very close um but yeah so we're gonna get that 
I feel good about it. I, I'm excited. I feel it in my nips. I think that's where you're <laughs> supposed to feel it if you feel the wind coming on. Yeah, for sure. You know what? Now that you mention it, I think I might feel a little bit of that too. So uh, yeah, hey, let's <laughs> <laughs> nips up for Alan Robinson. <laughs> going nips over up for Alan Robinson. There's your show yeah, like, title. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Might be controversial, but it'll draw the eye. That's for sure. <laughs> Uh, to all of our listeners, I expect a major download spike after this one because that is just gold. Nips up for Alan Robinson, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so how do we uh, how do we follow that one up, fellas? Uh, uh, we're gonna get into our fantasy MVPs. Oh, real quick, actually, Monkey Knife Fight, obviously, as the sponsor, go to monkeyknifefight.com. We have a promo code TNFF. And if you use that promo code, you get an instant match on your first deposit of up to 50 bucks. So you drop 50 in there, you get an extra 50. And then uh, lots of fun can be had on that cool hunter beans. So really appreciate anybody uh, who does that goes and lets them know that we sent you. And we really appreciate the people at monkey knife fight for latching on with true North. I got, uh, I got the hat on there from, from monkey knife fight as well. They sent us some cool swag and um, super, super stoked about working with those guys. Okay. So I uh, teased at it there guys, the fantasy MVPs. Um, we've all, we've all probably got a little bit different, uh, different definitions for a fantasy MVP. Um, you know, whether it be somebody you're reaping a bunch of value on or that person who is, uh, you, maybe you did draft a little bit high, but they maintained health and were kind of rock solid for your roster. So I'm going to go around the table here, gentlemen, and just talk about your definition of the fantasy MVP. And then we will drop our players if that's cool. Um, so Dustin, how, how are you defining what a fantasy MVP is? My fantasy MVP is just someone that has, I, I shouldn't say wildly exceeded my expectations, but close to wildly exceeded my expectations. Uh, yeah, someone that that's far exceeding their uh, ADP, uh, where you got them in the draft and, and just the impact that they've had on your fantasy roster. Mm -hmm. Jake, how about yourself? Yeah, I think it's just somebody who sticks out a little bit more than maybe they even should. Uh, and my definition, I just I wanted it to be personal and I wanted it to be uh, a player that I had rostered in the majority of leagues and who uh, is a comfortable starter. Yeah, I like that. I, uh, I play a lot of fantasy with my heart as well. So that uh, that one resonates with me. Um, a guy that you want to root for maybe sometimes, right? A guy that uh, you picked out before everybody else in your league as somebody who you were going to stash or whatnot. And or somebody that you maybe got really late in the draft and you said, I know this, you know, plant a flag in that guy. And then it actually pans out. Um, that's kind of where I went with my fantasy MVP. Um, I think I'm going to get mine out of the way first, gentlemen, because you fellas, as the guests, I'm going to allow um you guys to be saved for last because obviously it's probably going to be a whole lot better than mine um, but i'm going to talk about this year's fantasy darling james robinson james robinson of the jacksonville jaguars this this far in the season after four weeks he is the running back six um yes it is maybe a mini victory lap here because I do have him in about nine leagues um, but I've really liked the season that I've seen from James Robinson so James Robinson so um, how are you feeling about it Jake do you do you have any James Robinson and uh, have you liked what you've seen so far god I love him god I love James Robinson uh, he's I, I didn't obviously predict anything coming into this 
season for him. I, I don't want to pretend that I was on uh, on board before anybody else or anything like that. I was lucky enough to get him off of waiver wires and paying nothing for him early on. So it's nice to personally just to see him blow up on my my squad and become a, a weekly starter at running back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dustin, how about yourself? You get in on any of that action? I did. Yeah, I picked him up in uh, our home redraft league here that I'm in with Jake. Uh, picked him up after uh, week one and uh, my my first round draft pick, Saquon Barkley, went out. Uh, he was still out on the waiver wire, so picked him up and that's worked out well so far. So I'm very happy about that. Mm-hmm. It's been beautiful. And like, I'm not saying that I called him preseason or anything like that, but he was a guy that I was picking up, you know, in the last round of a rookie draft, um, just as somebody where there was a bit of a path with the Jags, not necessarily being big fans of Leonard Fournette. Um, and a couple of big worries were game script, obviously, because you mentioned earlier, Jake, that defense, uh, I thought game script was kind of going to play him out a little bit with them bringing on Chris Thompson, who is a guy I also really like, but Thompson's been a non-factor. Um, game script has not been a factor either because he sits 12 wealth in carries but even if those dipped a little bit he's still top 20 in running back targets um and he has the second most running back receiving yards behind only alvin kamara uh Ooh. so that's pretty damn good fellas that is pretty damn good for somebody <laughs> who is pretty free 99 on the waiver wire right like there wasn't a lot of people that were necessarily on him um because they had you know Ryquel armstead was somebody that was being a little bit hyped up but it did really almost look like they were going to go into the season with leonard fournette until pretty much the final hour so that's where i'm sitting with my fantasy mvp james robinson and, and i really just love to see it and i hope him and gardner can stick around as the future mm-hmm. yeah that'd be a lot of fun to see mm-hmm. i think it's I just think... kind of yeah go ahead oh sorry i was just gonna say oh. you gotta at least give him another year like he's so he again he's free for their team too it's not just he's mm-hmm. not free off your waivers he was free mm-hmm. for the jaguars let that dude get comfortable give him another year at least uh, mm-hmm. And just let it ride. Totally. And I think, you know, what's funny is I think that um, he probably has a better chance at that than maybe Gardner does, because if they're picking really high and one of these, you know, um, I don't want to say generational quarterbacks, but one of these top tier quarterbacks that are coming out are there for the Jags. I think they would be hard pressed not to go that route because Gardner's great. I, I think he's an awesome player. And if he had a really good team around him, um, he does have some weapons, though, and uh, they are still losing games. So I think that organization just needs a bit of a shift up top in general, um, because I think Gardner could potentially do it. But remains to be seen and uh, hopefully they just let it happen because he has been quite the phenomenon mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'm a actually mania. yeah a mania if you will <laughs> a- almost on par with hulk hogan the <laughs> i've uh i've been trying to get my wife over to the side to allow me to grow a mustache she's not uh, on board with it uh, I might have to do it anyway and just take the slap on the wrist or the night on the couch. Uh, but I think I give me I your need... home address. I want to write her a strongly worded letter. <laughs> nice, nice. And I, uh, I, I get a really good blonde stash too. Um, and I just want to shout out all of uh, those other fellows with blonde mustaches because us light haired fellas sometimes have a hard time growing facial hair. So I definitely appreciate a good blonde mustache. Uh, <laughs> what you need to do is to show her a picture of Gardner Minshew. <laughs> Because this weekend she'd leave uh, me we were, we were she would leave me and my wife she saw him and she's like oh who's that guy and I, it has to be because of the mustache so so you, you got to show her what the mustache is going to look like you got to give you know 
instead of that creepy porn mustache that that <laughs> you, know, you tend to think of. You got to give him a glorious one to look at. We'll see how that goes because I I don't know, but she might just decide that I am not anywhere near as desirable as Gardner, so she has no more need for me, right? So <laughs> he's a stallion. He is an absolute stallion. Um, <laughs> Okay, Jake, why don't you hit me with your fantasy MVP, my man? Well, let's keep it with running backs here, and let's keep it with a guy who I don't think anybody really expected too much out of, at least according to preseason ADP, uh, and that is Jarek McKinnon, superstar running back for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, he was just a guy I decided I was going to leave every draft with because his ADP was insanely low. There was so many backup handcuff guys uh, going ahead of him. And, and I understood because it's the injury history with him and, and you have to bake that in. And, and there were certainly concerns, but he has shed basically all of them at this point. He's the running back 10. Um, you know, it's an interesting season he's had so far because early on it was a little fluky or or I thought it might be fluky with him because his first game doesn't really get much run. He kind of mm-hmm. lucked out with a receiving touchdown, which boosted his his overall fantasy stats. That was nice, but I wasn't ready to take a victory by any means after that kind of showing. <laughs> week two, kind of similarly fluky. And these, these last couple of weeks, though, when he's been the guy, Mm-hmm. He's done really well. And, and I think that's all you can really hope for in that backfield. It's just when one guy goes down, you know, somebody is going to step up and take over the reins. And and why not, Jarek? Right. Because mm-hmm. he does have great measurables. Uh, he has looked good and flashed throughout his career. He's just never been able to stay on the field and stay consistent. So I'm hoping that this is not a jinx, that he will be able to stay healthy the rest of this year. Um, and keep doing Jarek McKinnon things. And and at this point, it's just, they're getting guys back. Wide receivers are coming back healthy, and so they will have some receiving options available. But I still believe that Jarek McKinnon will be the truth for the rest of this year, even with Mostert coming back. I think you stay with the hot hand in that offense, because that's kind of what they've done in the past. And Mm -hmm. so I'm looking forward to another uh, good bounty from Jarek McKinnon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can see our guy uh, Smokey says one of the best comeback stories so far. Hundred percent. How can you not root for that guy? He's been injury plagued. Finally got his shot. They brought him in there for a reason, and they gave him a good contract coming in. So Shanny wanted to use him, and he's finally getting to. This is like it's an offense that we've wanted pieces of in the backfield because they've got multiple guys who are producing, and uh, I think he has kind of cemented himself as somebody who is going to command some work, even when Mostert comes back, like you said. So I love that pick for fantasy MVP because people are just reaping mega value on Jarek McKinnon and the talent has always been there. Dustin, where are you sitting on McKinnon? Do you think he does maintain a really uh, a good volume when Mostert is in there? Or do you think Mostert's going to come back and kind of be the horse like he was to start the year? I think it's like Jake said, it's, it's going to be the hot hand and uh, it, it, it could change from game to game. Uh, as long as he keeps producing and he keeps doing what, what he's showing. Yeah. I, I think they're going to stick with him. Uh, just because, like you said, they they brought him in for a reason. They paid him the contract, and they and they stuck with him through these injuries over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they want to believe and they want to use him, but I think if he starts to struggle, they're not going to hesitate to go back to Mostert or if Tevin Coleman comes back or throw Jeff Wilson in at the goal line. I mean, you know, it's just they they have no problem interchanging that backfield. But as long as he's being productive, 
uh, yeah, I don't see any reason why they would go away from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I uh, really like Jake. You alluded to the uh, the receiving work, and I think he's going to get that when Mostert comes back. And he um, he's top ten in running back targets right now. And an interesting piece of that is he has nine sl- snaps from the slot, six targets on those nine snaps from the slot. And he's caught five of them for 51 yards, which is the most slot receptions for any running back. So it's actually something that I didn't expect from that San Fran offense to be throwing much to the running back because there wasn't much last year. Um, So it's been really cool. And I'm glad that he's the guy who is the beneficiary because we don't want to see Tevin Coleman getting those touches. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) But Jeff Wilson, I can get on board with, gentlemen. There oh will yeah, be no Jeff Wilson slander. <laughs> Everybody's got to be pro Jeff at this point, right? There can't nary a single anti Jeff person out there. <laughs> Better not be. Um, okay, Dustin, why don't you uh, finish off the fantasy MVPs? Love your choice. Can't wait for you to get into it. Yeah, and I, I'm sure Jake is shocked by my choice here, uh, just because my the the softball one here for my personal MVP should have been John Smith. I've been bestowing his, his greatness the entire off season here and what a season he was going to have. But I feel like Josh Allen is, is the choice to have so far this season. He has outplayed his ADP, just something ridiculous so far. He was going, um, according to fantasy pros QB nine overall, like 88th off the board, which is just ridiculous value. Uh, And and he's the number three overall, or um, excuse me, number four quarterback overall, but only seven points behind the number one person uh, Mm -hmm. in in the league. So it is just ridiculous how good he has been. Uh, I always knew he had a safe floor. Like, like I, I, I wasn't always the biggest Josh Allen fan. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I was kind of lukewarm on him. Knew he had that kind of safe rushing floor. He had the cannon of an arm. It was always the question of, is his accuracy going to improve? And yeah, we saw it incrementally over the first couple of seasons, but I don't know what he did this off season, but he has looked phenomenal. Uh, and I, and I can't imagine it's just bringing Diggs in there, although that certainly does help. I mean, Diggs is a phenomenal athlete, a uh, great route runner. And um, I just I, oh, I I just can't say enough good things about him and, and what this offense has done and the coaching staff has done with him uh, to put him in this position. Mm-hmm. I was with you though. Like I was like, and I don't think we are alone by any means in the um, not necessarily being over on the full Josh Allen is a top say 10 quarterback side. Um, I just felt like that range of outcomes was really wide. We've seen guys with his profile come in and just kind of crash and burn um, in their second, third, fourth year in the, in the starters role. Uh, Jake, where were you sitting before the season on, on Josh Allen and uh, how impressed are you with what he's been doing this season? I am. I mean, I am so freaking excited for him uh, to see what he has done. I was not low on him by any means. I I thought he could reasonably be a top 10 guy. I think my initial rankings on him had him at QB nine. So I felt like, yeah, this is a guy just because of his rushing floor, really more than anything. But that's not been how he's been getting it done, which is so crazy because, uh, you know, if you expected him to improve this much as a passer this year, put your hand up and then put that shit right back down because you are lying to me yeah. and to yourself. 
it, it's it's just been crazy to see how much he's improved in that arena. So mm-hmm. um, I, I'm I'm excited for him going forward. I think Diggs has been such a help for him, getting Stefan Diggs there. Um, I, I'm I'm just happy for the guy. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. If, I, if I have one complaint, it's just he needs to start throwing to Dawson Knox. I, I still want him to be a thing. And, and, and this Tyler Croft business that's going on just needs to stop. <laughs> totally. Well, Dawson Knox just came back from injury, if I believe. Right. So there's some time for him to write yeah. that ship for you, Dustin. There's some time. For okay. sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. This was actually almost my pick, Dustin, and not necessarily just for what Josh Allen's been doing because he has been fantastic for people who rostered him. I think it is the digs factor. I've always been a digs guy, hated that landing spot for the low pass volume, heavy rush volume, heavy quarterback rush volume, um, and not a whole bunch of targets to go around with a guy, John Brown, who does a lot of what Stefan Diggs does. Um, but as we've seen, he's ke- he's kept all of those ships afloat. Now, obviously, John Brown, I think wide receiver 36 right now. And I think Beasley is a 27, but three wide receivers in the top 36 is fantastic. Mm-hmm. We did not think that was going to happen out of the Bills offense. Gabriel Davis has even looked pretty decent there, which has been awesome. Um, so, yeah, I think just Josh Allen is taking it to a level that I didn't think that he had this year. And I think that's a great pick for fantasy MVP, especially because a lot of, uh, you know, late round QB is definitely a great strategy. But a lot of people kind of fade quarterbacks and don't give them their just due in these situations. But with the rise of Superflex, I do think that quarterback is becoming a sexy position once again. Um, and I like that you highlighted one of the quarterbacks, whereas uh, Jake and I went with the tried and true running backs, which is still for me the most important position in fantasy football. Um, but Josh Allen is basically just a big running back who has shown some really good throwing prowess this year. <laughs> I was going to say, we all really picked running backs when you think about <laughs> yeah, it. But exactly. yours just happens to throw the ball pretty well, too. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I love that. That was uh, a great picks, gentlemen. That was a really fun episode, and I think we spotted some really good trends there. I am confident that you guys are going to win me a little bit of cash flow with that episode or that uh, installment of I Got Five on it. So my wallet appreciates that. Um, I'll be able to feed, feed the kids this week. So that's good. <laughs> um, so as I mentioned uh, before, you guys do the drinking and talking fantasy football podcast. Um, why don't uh, Jake, why don't you get into where the people can find you and what you guys um, do with the DTFF podcast and, and what you're working on? For sure. So you can find us most importantly at drinking fantasy on Twitter. Uh, We are a weekly podcast. We, we do YouTube live. We record for your earballs and your eyeballs. So definitely uh, find us in whatever way you can. Uh, And then you can also find me humming around the Twitter sphere at Jake Trowbridge. Beautiful. Dusty, where can they find you, my man? And you can find me at FF Dusty dog on Twitter. Awesome. As I said, guys, thank you so much for coming on. Really, really appreciated the conversation. Um, I've enjoyed our interactions on Twitter, so it was only right to get you guys on here. Uh, yeah. Any any parting shots, fellas? How are you feeling going into week five? How's your team's doing? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is like the bye week from hell for me. So personally, I am not looking forward to to any of my matchups this week. I'm just holding on by a thread and, and just trying to transport myself into week six. <laughs> Dustin, you actually mentioned Johnny Smith earlier, um, and he would have been a great MVP pick. But I think as with all of 2020, COVID kind of fucked that up, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, it sure did. What do you guys think of all this COVID business? There's like 
the Patriots played after Cam tested positive, and now Stefan Gilmore tested positive the day after. He was hugging Patrick Mahomes, and oh, it feels like we're getting. I don't want to be pessimistic, but it feels like we're getting close to some sort of season pause or shutdown. Um, what do you guys think about that before we ride out here? Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if that happens. Uh, I think the NFL could have done a little bit better job out of the gate. I mean, not to take anything away from what they did. They, they, they had a pretty good plan in place. Um, I, I would have liked to see them and maybe, you know, with this kind of mid season pause here, if that ends up happening, uh, maybe establishing this kind of home team bubble that they've been talking about where they really just kind of do like the NBA was doing and quarantine the team and the coaches in some sort of, you know, hotel or, or whatnot and, and keep them all together, not let them leave the premises so that it can really kind of keep itself contained uh, and, and COVID free. That's what I would like to see. But um, regardless of what happens, the NFL is going to make sure that we get a full season in with a Super Bowl in the playoffs. There's just too much money on the line, not only for the NFL, but for the players as well. So uh, it, it, if it takes until midsummer for us to finish the season, well, I'm sure that's what they'll, uh, uh, have happened. Nice. Jake, are you in the same boat there? Well, I'll be here for it if they do finish midsummer, but I, You're damn you know, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit less nice about it. I really think that there were some half measures that kind of led to this and, and with them pushing through some of these games that maybe shouldn't have been pushed through because they did have dudes testing positive. And yes, maybe the test came back negative enough for them, for enough players to want to push through it. But it just feels like they're reaping what they're sowing right now. And it and it sucks. It just, as somebody who was excited to get through four weeks of the NFL season, because I didn't know if we would have one at all about three months ago, uh, it, it's a bummer to feel like it could be taken out. But I agree. Um, you know, you're talking about the Aaron Rodgers interview on Pat McAfee earlier. And mm -hmm. I love his interviews on there. The one criticism I have of him was on his most recent interview. He talked about... He doesn't want a bubble. He doesn't want more oversight on this. And he wants people to just be able to be adults. And it's like, dude, that's great. But nobody's been really adults about it to this point. So, mm -hmm. so you have to have a bigger adult come in and tell you guys what to do, I think. <laughs> the boss adult. You have to have <laughs> yeah. the boss comes. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was really well put. I was kind of with you that I think that the NFL could have done a couple of things different, like Cam Newton test positive for COVID. You probably shouldn't put his entire team out there. Um, I, I said, I think before some on Saturday or something that I thought this was going to be bad news bears for the future of the season. Yeah, let's hope that they can hold on. Um, if anything, it has given a lot of really good opportunity to some of those young players just trying to break in. So um, we will have um, some added pieces to the player pool to put kind of a positive spin on it. And uh, yeah, if if it goes till the summer, I'm with you guys. We'll be right here. We'll be digging right into that stuff. Um, and so with that, I will roll out with, uh, of course, you can find us at truenorthffb.com. Um, all of our articles and stuff are going up there. The team's doing a bunch of work um, and we want to give a shout out to Viridian Global, who we've paired up with for our merch. You can find that on truenorthffb.com slash shop. And as always, we are on the TNFF network on YouTube. So uh, yeah, my guests again at Drinking Fantasy, check out their podcast weekly on YouTube and recorded, as Jake said, for your earballs and your eyeballs. Thoroughly enjoyed that one. Um, and we here at True North, we'll see you next week. Thanks again. Peace.